really believe that Jesus paid it all? Can you actually trust him with your life? Hello everyone, it is Friday and I hope you had a good week. We are looking today at Romans 8 verses 1 through 3. So I'll just go ahead and read that and we'll jump right in. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. Many call the book of Romans Paul's magnum opus, his finest work, and many say that Romans 8 is their favorite chapter in the Bible. There are many, many gems in this chapter. It shows us just how much God loves us through his Son and through his Spirit. So as we dive in here, uh, let's focus in on this chapter and revel in the glories that are found in it. Paul is summing up his argument so far from Romans chapter 7. When he says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that is what he said in chapter 7. We are released from the law, we are put to death in our flesh, and we are raised to new life in the spirit of Christ Jesus. We are still captive to our our old desires, but the law of the spirit of life has set us free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So even though we still struggle with our, our old desires and our old flesh, Christ still is there for us. He is remaking us day by day, and we saw that last, uh, last episode on Monday. Oftentimes, evangelists will try what I call the Dirty Harry approach. Do you feel lucky, punk? Are you going to get out of this world alive without Jesus? And they point the gun of condemnation at someone and wait for the click of the trigger. That's not what Paul does. He certainly shows us what condemnation is, but he doesn't just use it as an idle threat. He knows what will happen if we do not have Christ. It's not just a, do you feel lucky question. It is, do you actually know Jesus Christ? Do you actually trust him? That's what I hear when I read this text. If there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, my first question is, man, am I in Christ Jesus? And I'm reminded of his love for me, and I'm at rest and peace because I know that he loves me. And I know because of verses 2 and 3. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. I don't feel the weight of sin and guilt on my conscience like I did before. I did not feel hopelessly lost in the world without hope and without without any sort of comfort. I know that he has set me free from this terrible, terrible sin that resides in my heart at the deepest core of it. And I know that he loves me because as I've striven to get rid of sin on my own, I've failed. But every time I've turned to him, I've found the comfort of his love. Verse 3, for God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. He is the one that has redeemed me from the death and the pain and the suffering of my choices. I didn't make a decision. He chose me. 
One man says this, to insist on feeling guilty after we've been saved is but another way of insisting on helping God with our salvation. How deeply embedded in human nature is the influence of works righteousness. We are always seeking and always chasing affirmation. But if we actually understand Jesus and what he's done for us, we begin to see that he has indeed paid it all. No matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, and no matter what you will do, those who truly love Jesus Christ and are following him have no condemnation under God. If I may, I'd like to call you back to Romans 1 and the purpose text for the letter. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Now we might ask, why would anybody be ashamed of the gospel? Well, we tend to be ashamed when we cannot fix our problems or there is something that we cannot hide. That's what embarrassment or shame is. Knowing that everybody has seen our dirty laundry and knows all of our problems. That's why people often move from little towns when they've made a mistake, because they can't get away from it. It haunts them. And I believe that's why someone would be ashamed of the gospel. They know that they have a problem and they have a need for the gospel. The first part of the gospel is telling you that you have a problem. The gospel is is knowing that you're not God and you've fallen short. So it is easily seen as an offense the gospel tells you you're not what you th- think you are. It, it, sh- it does shame you. It reveals all of your flaws. But the reason Paul is not ashamed of the gospel is because it is the power of God for salvation. It's the realization of the problem so that the solution might be grasped. We so badly want to hold on to our pride, but the gospel kills it. Paul knows this better than anyone. He was very prideful of who he was before his trip to Damascus. He realized that when Jesus showed up, he was not what he thought he was. Meeting the king of heaven and earth showed him just how small he really was. So Paul is not ashamed of the gospel because he knows that it is his only hope, and it is indeed the very power of God for salvation and the righteousness of God that can be imputed to us, given to us, and and clothed around us to make us pure, is revealed in it by faith, for faith. By this gospel, the righteous shall live by faith. There is one message of the Bible, and we see it in Romans 1, we see it in Romans 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and here it is in 8 again. You must cling to Christ Jesus if you are to have any hope in this dark and weary world full of death. We were dead in our sins and we need him, but we are not to feel guilty any longer because Jesus does really love us and has removed the condemnation of the wrath of God 
from us. He cleared our name by his sacrifice on the cross. Do you really believe that? There's two ways we tend to slip. As we're walking along the road of righteousness, which is not ours, but we have followed Christ, and he has led us the whole way, one side of the road we slip into is pride. As we've already talked about, we begin to think of ourselves as wonderful when really it's the grace of God that has borne us up and made us new creatures, able to make good decisions because of his grace alone. And on the other side is guilt and false humility. We are unable to accept Christ's gift because we feel sorry for ourselves. But Romans 8, 1 and 2 and 3 say, yeah, you can't do it on your own, but God has done it for you. So don't feel sorry for yourself. Rejoice in the gift that God has given you. God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. We cannot feel guilty enough to make ourselves go to heaven. There is no amount of repentance that would make us righteous. It is faith with repentance that is the deadly blow to sin. We must repent and turn from our sin, yes. But we must have faith in the righteousness of Christ to clear us of all of our past wrongs. Do you really believe that? Which ditch do you tend to lean towards? False humility and pride on the other's ditch. Do you actually believe that Christ paid for you in every aspect of your sin? Father, teach us how to trust you and not feel guilty for our past wrongs. Make us to sigh, a sigh of relief, as we come to texts like Romans 8. Soften our hearts so that we know it is you who paid it all. Help us to rejoice rather than grieve for our sin. Help us to rejoice in the fact that you have killed our old self and raised us up new. Thank you for bringing the law of the Spirit of life to set us free in your Son from the law of sin and death. Father, strengthen us now as we step out into the world that would have us believe anything other than your gospel. Amen.